Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You only get tested maybe at this level once in four years, you know what I mean? You've got a balls to kick them. So England in possession. This is not soccer. This is not soccer. Because in either game, life or rugby, the margin for error is so small. This was supposed to be Ireland's time. They had a head coach who was deemed to be one of the best minds in the world game, an excellent brains trust around him, some world-class players, and the experience of beating every one of the other leading nations across the last four-year cycle. And then they lost, first to Japan and then to New Zealand in the quarter-final. I'm Brendan O'Brien and I'm joined by my Irish examiner colleague Simon Lewis for one last World Cup pod from Japan before we pack up our bags, eat one more bowl of ramen and scurry off to Narita Airport. Today's show is brought to you by the 100% electric Nissan Leaf, Ireland's best-selling electric car that could save your family thousands every year. Visit evsavings.ie to see just how much you can save by switching to 100% electric Nissan Leaf today. Nissan, innovation that excites. So, Simon, as we were talking before we came on air, you got your kimono situation sorted, didn't you? I did. I found one that fitted at last. <laughs> <laughs> I can go home with head held high. Um, my World Cup is complete. Mission accomplished. Well, at least our, our wives or girlfriends, not that we have both, will be happy when we get home. Uh, but it'll take more than a day of retail therapy in, in, in Tokyo for Ireland to get over Saturday's defeat. Um, I, uh, w- my, my first question would be where on the barometer between bad and sh- shambolic would this sit? And I'd be, I'd be right towards the, the bad end of that uh, particular line. Like, I'm, like everybody, I was shocked by how bad Ireland were and trying to put one foot in front of the other. And, you know, this from a team that was so good at doing the ABCs that, you know, they were just tripping over each other, trying to get the ball away. Literally at one stage with Johnny Sexton bumping into... Robbie Henshaw, I think, and, and coughing the ball up. So how bad were, were Ireland? Do you think they were shambolic, as I said? Yes, I think, you know, to be concise <laughs> for a change, they were shambolic. It was it was just so disappointing. It was desperately poor, especially as someone who, who drank it all in and uh, believed that this what they were saying was actually accurate, that they were building towards this game, that the last 11 months was all about getting to a quarter-final and executing. And the one thing they didn't do was execute. You can say whatever you like about Joe Schmidt's game plan um, and his critics will say it's too prescriptive, um, he doesn't give his players enough leeway or um, or freedom of expression although he'd deny that as well. But um, but what he did ask them to do, they failed to do. And uh, that's ultimately what um, the pickle they got themselves into because there were just so many errors. The error count was through the roof. The kicking was poor. Um, and they just lost their way. They didn't fire a shot. 
and um, they just handed ball to New Zealand throughout the game and got stuffed by seven tries to two. Yeah. And, you know, it just occurred to me again, and it's it's something that we've talked about and everybody's talked about in, in the past. When Joe Schmidt arrived at Leinster, the first one of the first things he did was he said, your skill levels are not high enough. Now, this was a team that had the likes of Brian O'Driscoll and, and Shane Horgan and guys like that. So for him to come in at that point and say that, you know, must have been an enormous thing to, to take on for a guy who was in his first role as a head coach. Mm. And it was something he identified clearly. And yet here we are in 2019 and his Ireland team, his highly successful Ireland team, littered with a couple of world-class and a lot of top-class players, can't even put a foot in front of each other on, on the biggest stage of all. I mean, for a guy with Joe's... Joe's reputation, his attention for detail, it just, it, it, it staggers really. But I suppose equally staggering is, is how fast and how, fall, how far they've fallen. What do you put it down to? I mean, skill levels is one thing, but, and we've mentioned prescriptive play, but what is it that has taken Ireland from 11 and a bit months ago to now so fast, so far? Well, I think we've we've heard Schmidt's view of it that he you know maybe he was responsible for them losing their game to game focus he um, you know he started tinkering a little bit um, during the Six Nations which was something he'd always said wasn't the place to do that the championship is not a place for experimentation and yet there were some uh, selections there that perhaps he wouldn't have gone with if it wasn't a World Cup year um, you know, it's it's really mystifying. But like they fell so quickly that it was, I think it was difficult to get back on track so close to a World Cup. They went through 2018 as world beaters and then, the you know, the, the new year came and they were all over the place, weren't they? Yeah. England trampled them underfoot. Um, Wales outthought them. Um, in the rain in Cardiff, if you remember, in the last day of the Six Nations. England bulldozed them again in even more convincing just, just be fashion sure in Twickenham in August. And Japan, Joe was probably out coached mm. that night. Um, Japan said exactly, you know, did exactly what they said they would. Yeah. Um, they double tackled Ireland and they went round there uh, on the edges. Mm. So, um, and then we keep. All through this year, there have been kind of these mini revivals. Um, after Twickenham, the the August debacle, um, back-to-back wins over Wales and a really strong start against Scotland. Mm. Then comes Japan and they get back on the horse again, slowly but surely, and get to a point where fools like me actually thought they were ready to, to, to deliver, mm. you know, that they were going to do what they promised and that, all that mattered in 2019 was getting to a quarter final yeah. and then they would unleash and they would put together the perfect performance or as close to it um and realize their potential but that that again that's the disappointing thing they they haven't played as well as we know they can yeah. and even in that most prescriptive um structure that has been laid out for them um they didn't execute mm just struck me again there in a parallel universe where Joe Schmidt has not stood down as Ireland coach a year out 
it'd be an interesting scenario now, wouldn't it, after the year that he had? I mean, I think he has enough, or he would have enough um, credit in the bank maybe to merit another goal, but he would be in a very sticky situation. If we remember back to 2007 when Eddie O'Sullivan was asked after the final whistle of their last pool game, you know, are you going to stand down, basically? Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's a measure, I think, of, I mean, a year ago, if you would even suggested that, people would think you're absolutely barmy. So, I, I, you know, you can argue that he was right to stick with a lot of the the old campaigners that, that, that got them to the best in the world. You can argue that that prescriptive style was so good for them for so long. But I think it's inarguable now, isn't it, that we're at a stage where they do need to evolve in terms of personnel and in terms of style. They do. And, you know, just going back to that point about sticking with the old guard, um, he had very little time, you know, considering that they fell off the edge mm-hmm. at the start of 2019. It's a, it's not very long that you have leading up to a World Cup for them to 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 reboot and overhaul. Yeah. So um, I, I feel sorry for him in that respect. Um, but yeah, it, it does look like that, you know, with a change of head coach. And you know, I'm, I've no doubt if if Schmidt had had not revealed his hand so long ago um, about his intentions after this World Cup that people would be asking yeah. what where, what his um, position was, how tenable. Because it seems from this distance, outside the bubble, as they like to keep enveloping themselves in, um, that, that, you know, that the Schmidt magic is starting to wear off. Mm. So how much, uh, I suppose the next question is, you know what can Andy Farrell do as someone who's been part of that yeah. that setup since 2016? How much of a new broom can he bring in? Okay, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll maybe discuss how good New Zealand were in the context of how bad Ireland were, and we'll have another look at the, um, the quarterfinals um, over what was an up and down weekend in terms of drama for the World Cup. Hungry for more, Perinara. Out the back it comes. Sends it over to Moonga. There's lots of room out. Wide right. It's Barrett to Barrett. They bring the backyard to the biggest stage of all the Barrett boys. Bowden to Geordie. Try New Zealand. So we're going to just start off the second section here by looking back at Ireland's quarterfinal from a from a black perspective, a different black perspective. Um you know how good were New Zealand in 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 the context of how bad Ireland were, Simon? In in that, you know, they wouldn't have had to have been brilliant to win that game anyway. But in in the wider context of the tournament, yeah, I think I think it was a real statement performance. Um, they they made an early statement at the start of the World Cup when they beat South Africa with without actually playing that having to play that well um just a brilliant kind of four minute spell yeah. just just really kind of sent them to a different level yeah. to, to to the spring box um and this has again you know there's a fascinating semi-final coming up with england who i don't think we've seen the best of yet um but just as the all blacks did five, uh, four years ago 2015 massive quarter final um, performance they hammered France in Cardiff four years ago 2015 yeah. and, and they've hammered Ireland here and um, 
you know, it's just even the way they build into a knockout stage is, is perfection, isn't it? And and the way they've they've started the knockout stages is so impressive that everyone else has to sit up and take notice. To think there were question marks over them coming into this World Cup um, on the back of a pretty average rugby championship yeah. by their standards, um, hammered by Australia. <laughs> Imagine, yeah. You know, like it seems a long time yeah. ago now, particularly with Michael Checker, like yeah. quitting um, so yeah I, th- I think it was a real statement performance it's an exciting team and to think there's a squad there where Sonny Bill Williams is on the bench yeah. where Ben Smith doesn't even get a run yeah. um, you know guys they left at home <laughs> it's yeah. like it's it's there's amazing strength in depth mm. there and they are obviously the team to beat yeah I I, I... I'm fascinated to see England's approach against them. And, you know, we mentioned that maybe some of the combinations that New Zealand have haven't had a huge amount of time to, to, mm. to bed in. And, you know, 10 of the guys who started against Ireland started in that hammering by Australia and Perth. So I think there definitely still is a sense that this isn't the 2015 vintage. There might be not so much cracks, but question marks that do need answering. I've no doubt that New Zealand are capable of, of answering them. But I'd like to see them asked, and that's something that Ireland really didn't do. So you and I were at the the other Tokyo quarter final at the weekend as well. Um, I suppose the one everybody was really interested in, the, the host Japan against South Africa, didn't work out according to plan. But for thirty minutes there, it was just a sensational game of rugby with Japan throwing everything at at South Africa, and yet they lost twenty six three. You add that to the hammering they took against South Africa in Kumagaya before the tournament. Mm-hmm. They scored 10 points against the box over 160 minutes. So, you know, you can read too much into it, but does that tell us that, yeah, their style of play was fantastic, that they've come on enormously, but that they just reached the level? Or was there a point in that game where, had they scored a try, maybe all bets were off? Yeah, and they came pretty close a number of times, didn't they, in that first half? It was it was scintillating stuff, wasn't it? And and the more it went on, though, you 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 sensed that the Springboks were were pleased with what they got away with, perhaps early on, and were just building into the game. And you know that they they exerted their dominance slowly but surely. And I think. I'm not sure. I forget how late on in the game where they mauled the length of the pitch. <laughs> was, that was a statement yeah. in itself, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, like we, we, we've got this, yeah. you know, we're under control, you know. Um, Japan, I don't know that they, they probably did run out of steam in that second half. Mm. They, they, they were so good without converting yeah. chances in that first half. It was brilliant to watch. Mm. Um, and exciting, given the home crowd was was so excitable yeah. Yeah. Um, about it all. But um, yeah, they, they'd probably they'll. It has to be go down as a success for Japan um, under Jamie Joseph, mm-hmm. Tony Brown, uh, Scott Hansen. So um, they've got to their first ever knockout stages, but. Obviously, they've come up short, and South Africa are well worth their place, I think, in yeah. the last four. And it was interesting afterwards as well. Jamie Joseph was asked, I think maybe certainly 60, 70% of the questions were, Jamie, what now for Japan? You know, it's everybody is so desperate for Japan to build on this, and look, that's a, an entirely different question. But it was literally, 
right, the defeat is over, how do we get this feeling back again, how do we build on it, mm. but in, t- in terms of the box, they're going to be meeting um, Wales in the other semi-final, uh, Wales, I think, they're boxed, to, they're boxed to play the box, really, <laughs> in, in, fair, in fairness, what a game that was in Oita. Um and you just have to feel so sorry for, for France, I mean, they were so good, and yet, three first half tries, they must have butchered at least three in, in the Welsh 22 in, in the closing stages of the first half when within two phases they'd throw a stupid uh, offload or they'd kick the ball and you just think, just it was the anti-Ireland, mm-hmm. just hold on to it for a couple of phases yeah. and you'll get there, you're already 10 points or 9 points up and then Sebastian Vahamina gets sent off for the most ludicrous um, misdemeanour. I mean, this is a guy who whose disciplinary record has been poor in the past um, and threw a terrible pass, if you remember, against Ireland in the Six Nations that cost them. Yeah. Um, so where does that leave Wales? I mean, part of me thinks Wales might be better off playing the box or more suited to play the box, but they've got through in spite of themselves, but they're a team that doesn't score a ton of tries, but you look at them on paper and what they do, they seem to have all the right ingredients to do what they do, but can they can they go one step further, do you think? I think they can. I mean, to think who they've beaten already at this World Cup, Australia being one of them in in the pool stage, um, you know, and then France. And now, why should they fear South Africa, uh, as good as South Africa are in, in their own way? It's it's They've got a, a brilliant blend in that team. Um, Dan Bigger, superb halfbacks. Mm. Dan Bigger, great goal kicker as well. Um an exciting back three, strong centre pairing. Um, John Davis was missing from that game. He's, they say, he's coming back for for Sunday's semi final. Um, so yeah, what's what's not to like yeah. about Wales? Like you say, that they're built on a strong defence rather than um, a, a you know an exciting mm. back line. But it's it's not a bad back line no, either. No, and um, yeah, they maybe they did get lucky. Um, you know, France shot themselves in the foot or in the elbow or whatever. So, yeah, it, um, again, it's another fascinating looking semi-final, albeit probably not as exciting um, on the face of it as, as, as England, New Zealand. Yeah, which brings us nicely again then to the last of the four quarter finals that, that we'll mention. Um, I saw somebody who was definitely one of 2003 England players because they're all over the media, so it must have been one of them who said it, that this was the best England performance of the World Cup since they smashed the Aussies in Marseille in 2007. And you said you still think there's more to come from England, and I I agree with you. Um, You talk about Wales having everything on paper. England have it on paper, and even more so in terms of performances on the pitch. Um, I, I, I definitely think that they can... You know, ask different questions of this All Black side. Do you, where do you see them getting at the All Blacks? They certainly won't allow, you know, hand the ball to 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 New Zealand in the in the way that Ireland did mm. repeatedly throughout that game on uh, Saturday night. That they have this power game, which is so impressive. Um, that you know, with the likes of Billy V. With Maro Itoje, with Mako Vunapola, um, Manu Tuolagi. I mean, just, yeah. you know, it's yeah. it's interesting to see what they'll do with their 10, 12, 13. Yeah. Do you bring back George Ford and um, and move Owen Farrell out to 12? I don't think they do because I think Henry Slade's 
a really good yeah. creative outside centre. So, um, yeah, it'll be, there's some great matchups in that. And I think the pack does have the edge over, certainly at the set piece anyway, um, over the All Blacks. But, um, God, Kieran Reid was good the other night, wasn't he? <laughs> like, That's the thing. You just you, you always keep yeah. coming back to it. And Artie Savea was just Artie Savea, uh, uh, ridiculous yeah. again. So they have it all over the field. And it's it's going to be interesting as well because remember before the tournament, all the talk was the, the tag of favouritism is switching towards South Africa and England because of this we're seeing a power game coming back. And now we've seen New Zealand already get the better of the box. We've seen Japan get rid of a ponderous Ireland and mm. light up the tournament with all this exciting play. And now here New Zealand are again testing themselves against the other. It's like this theory is being tested again and maybe again a third time in the final. So it's it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, if you were to just throw your hat at it now and say, right, I'm putting my last 10,000 yen on I already lost it on Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a loan have one go at it you can pay me back next week you go first yeah. I, I I can't see beyond New Zealand just for what I just said about mm. you know all the talk was about the power game that the others were bringing and I still do think there are certain question marks about them but they've answered them all so far and even if they're exposed like you said in Yokohama against South Africa four minutes is what it took them to win the game and any team that possesses that ability, I think, is very, very different. I think I don't know who it was in the Ireland camp this week who said, for Ireland to beat New Zealand, it was probably Johnny Sexton, we need to do everything perfectly. And Ireland are out, but the challenge doesn't change for whoever is playing them. Razi Erasmus mentioned it on Sunday night after the Japan game. He said, "This is we don't need to improve in our line-out or our, our scrum or our pace or whatever. He says, we just need to tighten everything up unlike that first half against Japan so I'll go for New Zealand I think all it takes is one mistake and they'll they'll put you to bed Absolutely and the one thing I would say about England is they don't make that many mistakes you know that you can't imagine them having the nightmarish uh, you know error count that that Ireland had um in excellent conditions you know there was no rain coming down as far as I can remember yeah. from Saturday night yeah. um England, I, yeah, you wouldn't be sorry to see that as a final, really. But mm. I, I, just just to be contrary, I'm going for England. Okay. I don't know why. All right, fair enough. So that's it from Simon and myself in Japan. We've been all, all the way down the length of Honshu into Kyushu and back up to Tokyo. It's been a pleasure to uh, to bring this podcast to you. So we'll say uh, arigato gozaimasu. Go on, Simon. Uh, arigato gozaimasu. He did it properly. So... That's it from us. You have been listening to the Irish Examiner Rugby World Cup podcast with the Nissan Leaf, the world's best-selling electric vehicle. Book a test drive today at nissan.ie. Nissan, innovation that excites. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.